0: Well, good morning and Happy New Year. I hope you didn't stay up too late and you're ready to dive into God's Word this morning. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and do that? Take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Luke this morning. And as you're doing that, let me mention uh, something that's coming up next Sunday. Uh, Next Sunday begins our focus week here at Trinity and we're excited and looking forward to Pastor Nate really revealing that that focus and opening God's word in a, in a powerful way this next year so um, as we look forward to that though next Sunday evening at five o'clock we're going to be having a, a prayer service and as a part of that prayer service we're going to be praying for specific needs of this church and uh, so I want to ask you to do me a favor if you would. Would you take an opportunity today or sometime this week to submit prayer requests? Now, again, we could, we could get really, really broad with this, but let's try to keep it focused to personal needs uh, of yours or of our church family, and if you're putting in a request for someone else, do seek permission first. Uh, because we're gonna, we're gonna print those up and make those available for you and we're gonna take an opportunity to pray over those next Sunday. So here's how you can do that. You can see it on the screen there. Uh, one way is you can grab one of these cards. Maybe you've never done that before. You can grab one of those blue top cards and on some place on there, probably on the back of the card, it says, how may we pray for you? Well, that's a good place. To Put down a prayer request and you can put those in the in the giving boxes at the back of the room You can contact me through my email address or or a phone call or text Or you can contact the church office and let kelly know and we would love to pray for you um, This next sunday. So make sure you do that. We'll make that that list available and we're excited about what's coming uh, With focus week next sunday. All right, but this morning we're going to be in luke chapter 2 Looking at verses 22 through 38 as we consider a life dedicated to the king. Now, this is January 1st, of course, and usually on on New Year's Day, people like to take an opportunity to make resolutions and and, uh, commitments maybe to the Lord, commitments that that you're going to commit your life to this year. But I have a question for you how many of your resolutions did you follow through with from last year? If you're like most people, probably not many, right? right? Some of us probably aren't, aren't resolution folks anyway, but keeping the resolutions that we make can be sort of challenging. Uh, it's not hard to make resolutions, don't, don't get me wrong, it's just difficult to actually keep them. It's actually interesting, uh, there's a, a group out of the United Kingdom that has, believe it or not, pinpointed the day when most people give up on their New Year's resolutions. You know what it is? I mean, don't don't think like July. Don't think even, you know, May and April. The day when most people give up on their New Year's resolutions is January 12th. (laughs) If you can make it two weeks, you're better than average. (laughs) January 12th. And if you should, by the way, by the way, It's actually called Quitter's Day, January 12th. (laughs) Quitter's Day, you can put that on your calendar if you want to and make note of that. But if Quitter's Day doesn't get you, the majority of resolutions are given up by Valentine's Day. And maybe it's the box of chocolates, I don't know. Something will get you and the weight loss goal is gone. But listen, that's probably the case for a lot of people, but there are some folks out there who take resolutions very seriously. And one of those people that comes to mind that you're probably very, very familiar with is Jonathan Edwards. Well known for his resolutions. Uh, for example, uh, one of his was resolved to study the scriptures so steadily, constantly, and frequently as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. Now who has that on their list this year? Nobody? How about, how about one more? resolved to examine carefully and constantly what that one thing in me is which causes me in the least to doubt of the love of God and to direct all my forces against it. That's good, isn't it? That's good, we would all do well to have that on our list of New Year's resolutions. That's a bit challenging. Both of those are a bit challenging. Now I don't know if you're the kind of people who make resolutions honestly I'm not. I don't put a list together. But I do want to put a challenge before us today. Call it a resolution if you will. But I want to put a challenge before us. And the challenge is this. Resolve to live a life dedicated to the king. Resolve to live a life dedicated to the king. Now to do this, put this challenge before us, we're gonna stay in the Gospel of Luke one last time this morning. And so I wanna ask you to stand, if you would, for just a moment, uh, and we're gonna read Luke chapter two, beginning in verse 22. The word of the Lord says this, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord Continuing in our worship this morning, we confess that you are glorious, your word is truth, and it is life for us. We ask this morning that you would impart that truth into our lives, help us to leave here transformed, changed by your word, seeking to live lives that bring honor and glory to you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Well last week of course was Christmas and we looked at the, the glorious birth of Christ. But as we come to the passage that we're gonna look at this morning, we're about 40 days down the road and Jesus' parents take him up to Jerusalem to follow the customs of the law, to perform the purification rites and normally a family with some means, they would offer a lamb as a sacrifice but Joseph and Mary aren't in that category. You see, they're they're still of the the poor folks. The, The magi haven't arrived yet, giving them all that gold, frankincense, and myrrh, despite what your nativity sets might say this time of year. They haven't arrived yet, and so they offer, according to verse 24, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And while the family's in the temple, they have a couple of encounters that are pretty powerful. Pretty amazing encounters, and I think they're, they're really instructive for us. They, they meet this man named Simeon, and they meet a faithful woman named Anna. And the description that we have of these encounters here in the text, I think give us several principles for living lives dedicated to the king. The first principle is this, live faithfully in life's waiting times. One thing that you're going to notice about Simeon and Anna is they're a little bit on the older side, aren't they? they? They've been around a while. That's implied with Simeon, but we're told Anna is at least 84 years old. Now, some think that the, the wording is a little different. Maybe she's older than that, but she's at least 84 years old. But there's something actually more amazing than their age, more important than their age. It's their faithfulness. Did you notice that? Their faithfulness in waiting for the Lord. Now notice with Simeon, he had been given this promise by the Holy Spirit that, that he would have this extraordinary experience. He was gonna see the Christ before he died. I mean, what, what an amazing promise from the Lord. So verse 25 tells us that he had been waiting. He received the promise and he had been waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he's been waiting for the redemption of God's people. And the, the assumption is he's been waiting a long time. We don't know when he was given the promise, but he's been waiting. And then there's, there's Anna. In verse 38, it's suggested here that she's also one of those who's been waiting a really long time for God's redemption. And what I find amazing in these verses is how they waited not just that they waited but church how they waited for God's promise to come about so check this out while Simeon waited verse 25 says he was righteous and devout now how many of us get cranky and a little bit cantankerous and we have to wait just me right he was righteous and devout as he waited and then while Anna waited, verse 37 says, she made worshiping with fasting and prayer part of her identity. When you think of Anna? You think of a faithful woman who is committed to worship. Now, the situation for us is gonna be a little bit different because Jesus has already come once, hasn't he? We just celebrated that. We're not waiting for Jesus to come that first time. We're not waiting for for God's salvation and redemption to be revealed. That's already happened, but church, we're still waiting. We're we're still waiting. Some of you might be waiting for a particular promise from the Lord, something that God has spoken to you, he's made clear to you, or some promise from his word, and you're holding on to it, and you're waiting. All of us We're waiting for that second coming, aren't we? We're waiting for Jesus to return. We're waiting for him to restore all that is broken in this world. All of us are waiting for that new heaven and that new earth. But again, the question is, how are you waiting? We're all waiting for something, but how are you waiting? What characterizes your waiting on the Lord? In other words, are you and I known as righteous and devout no matter how long we wait no matter how long it takes for god to come through to fulfill the promises that he has made are we known for our continual worship corporate worship personal private worship no matter what life circumstances look like is that what characterizes us i hope it does this new year It certainly should, these things certainly should characterize us. Why? Because Christ has come. He has already conquered sin. He has already conquered death on the cross. And he rose victorious with our salvation and our forgiveness in his hands that he freely offers to us. And friends, since Christ has risen, let's resolve to live faithfully, even as we wait, no matter how long that is. That's the first principle of this this commitment I wanna ask us to make this year. The, The second one is this, set your eyes on the Lord's salvation. The second principle, set your eyes on the Lord's salvation. There's something really amazing about Simeon's words in verses 29 through 32. He goes into the temple, and we're told he's filled with the Holy Spirit, right? The Spirit is is on him, and he takes up the, the infant Jesus in his arms. He blesses God, and then he says these words. Look at verse 29 and following. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Get that in your mind for a moment. Simeon takes up this child. He looks at him and he says, Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation. Don't have to look anywhere else. I don't have to look deep within myself Look upon Jesus, my eyes have seen your salvation. And here's what I love about these words because as Simeon utters them, as he he realizes he's seen the Lord's salvation, he knows that this salvation is gonna be peace-giving in his life. Do you know that? It's gonna be peace-giving. When he dies now, whenever that is, probably gonna be soon now, that seems to be the implication, but whenever that is, he knows he'll die in peace because of Christ. Whatever else happens in his life, he has experienced God's salvation in Jesus and that is a steady source of unshakable peace in his life. Doesn't matter what happens now. Good, bad, ugly, my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, why does he have this unshakable peace? Well, because he knows the Lord's salvation brings about the forgiveness of his sins brings about forgiveness of sins. Now, I'm gonna assume here that Simeon has heard of this man called John the Baptist. I think everybody's pretty much heard of him at this point. So he's probably heard John the Baptist. And if you remember to just a couple of weeks ago, Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah's prophecy about John in, uh, in chapter one, verse 77, we're told that John prepares the way for Jesus by telling of his salvation in the forgiveness of their sins. So, so when Simeon picks up this child and he looks square into the face of Jesus and he says, my eyes have seen the Lord's salvation, what he understands is, this is where forgiveness is to be found. This is where reconciliation with the Father is to be found. Friends, to experience the Lord's salvation in Jesus is to be cleansed of sin and to be reconciled with your Creator and with your Lord. So the second challenge for us this morning is set your eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus and his salvation. Yes, for your justification being made right before the Lord, absolutely for that, but also because if you're looking for peace and joy in 2023, you're only gonna find it in one place. And that's by looking squarely into the face of Jesus and remembering all that he has done for you and me, amen? Amen. Set your eyes on the Lord's salvation. Here's the third principle this morning, church. Expect Jesus to be a controversial topic. This isn't the most pleasant principle that we're gonna look at, but it's certainly an important one, a necessary one. Set your eye, or excuse me, expect Jesus to be a controversial topic. Now, despite what you may think by looking at me, uh, I played football in high school, all right? And uh, I learned a couple of things by playing football back in those high school days, I learned that you gotta have some proper expectations about the cost involved in playing football. The practices were usually long, they were hot, they were exhausting. You needed to plan ahead for the aches and the pains and the bruises and the injuries that come along the way, some of them lingering. Some of them linger even after the high school days, right? These things you have to plan for, right? But if you're gonna persevere in football or whatever it is that you do, you need to have proper expectations if you're gonna succeed, if you're gonna do well. Church, I wanna suggest to us that if you and I are gonna live a life dedicated to Jesus, we also need to have right expectations. We need to have proper expectations. Expect that the topic of Jesus, and expect that your commitment to follow Jesus in 2023 is going to be increasingly controversial. It already is, but it will. It will become increasingly controversial. there's, There's always controversy around Jesus, around the message of the gospel, around this idea of the exclusivity of salvation through Jesus alone. None of that is new. None of that is getting better. But now notice what Simeon prophesies in verse 34. He says, behold, this child, as he's looking at Jesus, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. In other words, for some people, the coming of Jesus is is a really good thing. It's a really positive thing that they can get excited about. They'll believe and they'll experience the Lord's salvation, but for others, church, oh, it's a negative thing. It's something that they don't get excited about. As a matter of fact, they'll oppose him, they'll experience judgment for that, but they'll put all of their effort, all of their energy into opposing Jesus. Now, if you're like me, and I hope you are, and you believe that Jesus alone is the way and the truth and the life, you can expect some people are gonna hate that. Some people are gonna be upset by that, they're gonna be offended by that, and increasingly that position is going to cost you. It might cost you socially it might cost you politically. It might cost you relationally, friendships, family members who don't hold that same position. They don't see Jesus as the only way of salvation or even a way of salvation. Church, increasingly, that position that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, it's going to cost us. Notice for Mary in verse 35. <clears throat> Simeon tells her, a sword will pierce through your soul. Probably pointing to the crucifixion of Jesus, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a, a, a traumatic moment in her life. A sword will pierce through your soul, Mary. Church, for us, expect that people's hearts are gonna be revealed when the topic of Jesus comes up when we talk about Jesus, if we're gonna make him known as Casey prayed just a few moments ago, if we're really gonna tell as Pastor Nate's been, been preaching all year this past year, speaking and, and living the gospel, if we're going to do that, expect that people's hearts are gonna be revealed. Some for good, some for, for evil, but they will be revealed. The point is, don't fear. Don't be intimidated. Just know Jesus is with you and there is a cost. There is a cost to following Jesus. Expect that, be ready for it this year. And that's the third principle. Expect Jesus to be a controversial topic. The fourth principle is this, dedicate your life to worshiping Jesus. Dedicate your life to worshiping Jesus. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be like Anna, as we see here in the text, and not depart from the temple. But on the other hand, yeah, let's, let's be like Anna. Let's make worship the overwhelming priority of our lives. Because I guarantee you, you may not see it today, but there are gonna be myriad things that are gonna come into your life this year that are gonna seek to take that number one spot. They're gonna seek to be the top that are gonna steal your gaze away from where it should be. So commit now, commit now to making Jesus that overwhelming priority in your life, making worship that that thing that we're committed to. Notice in verse 37, it says that for decades, Anna was constantly worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That, that's, quite, that's quite a streak there, night and day. She's worshiping with fasting and prayer. And you know what, we, we, we could just kind of brush that aside and chalk it all up to, well, Anna was a prophetess. Of course she does that. She's special, she's unique. There's something, there's something supernatural about her. There's something just uh, extraordinary about who Anna is. We could tell ourselves, well, that's what super Christians look like. Or if you're of my generations, that's what Jesus freaks look like. Some of you remember that. Or or we could just be really honest and admit that prioritizing worship is just what people do when Jesus has transformed their lives. It's just who they are. It's not super Christianity. It's not being a prophet or a prophetess. It's not being a Jesus freak, it's just being a follower of Jesus. So listen, Anna's life, it was filled with decades of opportunity for her to be bitter. You think about that? She could have become angry, she could have become hardened against God. I mean, think about it. She lost her husband after seven years and she's been living the long, hard life of a widow for decades. She could have gotten bitter. She could have gotten angry, but instead of becoming bitter, she made corporate and private worship central in her life. And friends, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news this year, but here's the reality. Life will throw a curveball or two at you this year. Something is going to happen this year, and it won't be pleasant, and you won't have expected it, and when times get hard, don't become hardened in your heart against the Lord. Just understand, when those curveballs come, when those difficult days or, or the, when those difficult seasons come in your life, you've just been handed a, an opportunity to draw near to Jesus. Think about it that way. You've just been given an opportunity to have your faith purified. Praise the Lord. Don't we need those in our lives? We wouldn't ask for them. They're not pleasant, we don't enjoy them, but oh, what the Lord does through those moments. Amen. But here's the thing, you're gonna to need to commit now, not when the day comes, but commit now to live a life dedicated to the king that is characterized by worshiping Jesus, worshiping him on the mountaintops and worshiping down in the valleys as well because inevitably they're gonna come, aren't they? They're gonna come, that's the fourth principle. Dedicate your life to worshiping Jesus. Here's the final one, fifth principle. Keep speaking of Jesus to all people. Keep speaking of Jesus to all people. Listen, when you you see the Lord's salvation, like Simeon and Anna here, you've gotta understand something. You begin to understand something really, really important. You understand that, that this salvation, they look into the face of salvation itself and they understand, this isn't just for me. This isn't just for you. There's something bigger, there's something more glorious at stake here. Listen, Simeon, he has the, the Holy Spirit on him and in the, in the Holy Spirit he recalls Isaiah 49:6 when he declares in verse, verse 32 that Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. We've got the Gentiles, We have Israel, that's everybody. The gospel is for everybody. The message of repentance and faith in Jesus for Salvation Church is for every man, it is for every woman, every boy, every girl. It doesn't matter what racial background they're from, it doesn't matter what culture they've been a part of, it doesn't matter what their economic situation is, it doesn't matter what their past experiences have been. The gospel transforms lives. Simeon got it. Anna got it. Listen, Anna Anna knew she needed to speak the gospel. After she sees Jesus and she gives thanks to God in verse 38, it says she began to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. She, She sees Jesus, she understands the implication and she realizes everybody needs to hear this. This isn't just for me, everybody needs to hear this. Now, who are, these, who are these people who are waiting for the redemption of Israel? Well, they're people who are looking for hope, probably. They're looking for the Lord's salvation. I imagine they weren't looking for it in the face of a, a little child at this time. They're probably looking for it in the face of some warrior king like King David. That's what they wanted. That's what they thought they needed. That's what they were expecting. And yet what Anna does is she points to Jesus and says, here's your salvation if you're willing to receive him in faith. This is it. I don't know, but this seems awfully humble. This Jesus, he, he seems awfully meek and mild most of the time in scripture. He seems not so inclined to becoming an earthly king. He seems so unlike King David and yet, this is where our salvation is to be found. Because what, we, what they don't understand at this point is, he's not just a king, he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. And if we'll experience salvation, and if our lost family members, and if our lost co-workers, and if our lost friends out there today will experience salvation, they're gonna have to look into the face of Jesus and bow before him alone as Savior and Lord. Church, this is what we have to be willing to do. All around us are people looking for purpose and looking for hope. And they have no idea where to find it. They know of Jesus, probably, but they don't know Jesus. They don't know where salvation is truly to be found. Like Simeon and Anna, we know hope has a name, his name is Jesus, and we need to tell of him far and wide. Church, here's what I know for sure today. Just like every year, in about 365 days, you and I are gonna look back on a year that we just lived and we're gonna realize that we've committed our lives to something. You, You will, take my word for it now. Now, at the end of, of this year, we're all gonna look back and realize I've given my time, I've given my resources, I've given my energy, I've given my, my thought, all of my, myself, I've given it to something. But if we don't commit now to making Jesus the main thing in 2023, he's gonna end up becoming something secondary in our lives And in case you're not aware, Jesus doesn't do secondary. For some, dedicating your life to King Jesus this year means you're going to need to surrender in repentance and faith. We're going to have a time of of response here in just a moment as we sing. And and this is an opportunity to just do business with the Lord, to pray, to pray to confess sin and maybe for some to surrender in faith for the very first time, receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord. But for the rest of us, for most of us, I wanna challenge you to consider the principles that we've seen in the lives of Simeon, in the lives of of Anna this morning. Consider these principles and commit this year. Do it it today, Don't, don't wait. Do it today, commit to living a life that is dedicated to the King. Will you do that? Will you make that commitment this year? I pray that you will. Would you join me in prayer? Our good, gracious, and kind Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have given us life and breath. And Father, you have given us, not a duty, but a privilege of coming together, not just this Lord's day, but every Lord's day, in giving you our lives, giving you our praise, our worship. And Father, I pray that that would only increase as this year goes on. Father, help us to commit to living lives that are dedicated to the King this year, dedicated to Jesus. And Father, for those who are here this morning, maybe, maybe those who are watching even online, and they're, they're thinking to themselves right now, I, I have no confidence. I have no confidence in my salvation right now. I have no hope of eternal life through Jesus right now. Father, would you speak into their hearts through your Holy Spirit? Bring that conviction of sin that is necessary for salvation. Give them the gift of faith in what Jesus did on the cross for lost sinners just like us father we commit this time of response to you we ask you to work in our hearts as only you can we pray this in jesus name amen